Welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I'm thrilled to have you join me as we delve into conversations around optimizing our health, pushing past our fears, pursuing our dreams, and inspiring each other to live a life by design, not by chance. I believe magic happens over coffee and sharing experiences. I've made plans to change careers, move to a new country, organized exciting adventures, and even formed some of my most incredible relationships over coffee. So grab your favorite cuppa, sit back, and enjoy our beautiful chats along with our special guests. You never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, beautiful friend, and welcome to another episode. Before we get started, I just want to say I am sending you all my positive, good energy as we all go into that maybe first, second, or third week for some people of staying home. And so if it's challenging for you, or if you have situations that are really making things difficult, just know that I'm sending you as much good energy as I possibly can. So this week's episode is really a special one. It's one that I've been looking forward to. And the reason is, it is with Thomas Kleinsesser. And Thomas is actually the host of the Primal Canadians podcast. And he's a big reason as to why I'm podcasting. He was really the inspiration behind it when I was interviewed on his with my mold toxicity. So we talk a little bit about that in the beginning. But Thomas is a wealth of knowledge. And I, I really believe that this is the perfect fit for the times we're in. Thomas is a primal health coach and a personal trainer, and he does this online. But as a primal health coach, really, the focus is on simplicity. He talks a lot about his journey and how really discovering this simple way of eating and being really helped him with mental health. And we get into so many, um, so many great, simple ways of really being our best, healthiest selves and how to really get to know our bodies best. And considering the times we're in, I do believe the simplicity is the theme right now. And if we can use that this time to really get to know ourselves and how, you know, food affects us or how we deal with, with, um, you know, maybe lack of movement or maybe using this time for more movement, what it, whatever it is, I do believe that this episode is going to bring a ton of value. And strangely enough, I, yeah, I just believe that this timing is so perfect. So sit back, enjoy this episode with Thomas. Thomas, um, I will put his information in the show notes. If you go to his website, website of Incline Performance, his testimonials are so beautiful. What he does for people and how he really transforms their lifestyle in so many ways and their mindset. It's just incredible. He's all heart and all about giving and really making an impact. So sit back, enjoy this episode. Hey, Thomas, how's it going? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me on here. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I am as well. I, um, we were talking about this before, but you're actually a big reason as to why I'm doing this podcast. And it's because I was lucky enough to be on your podcast, The Primal Canadians, which is so awesome. And anyone out there needs to go and listen to it. But I remembered I had been on a couple of podcasts before, but it wasn't until I was on yours, you asked me to share my story on my mold toxicity. And I remember after that, I was like, you know what? Like, I really admired that you were really putting out your knowledge and your care and your value into the world. And I thought, okay, enough is enough. Like, it's time for me to really start sharing more and putting as much value out there as I can. So yeah, I'm so grateful to you guys because that was really like a pivotal moment for me. 
Awesome. That is so exciting to hear. Yeah. Tell us about the Primal Canadians because you do the podcast with, um, with uh, Lucas. Yes. Lucas Steves. Yeah. He's, um, he's a, a good friend of mine. We both live here in Calgary and we've worked together on, uh, he has a landscaping company and a few other um, entrepreneurial projects. And uh, we had some conversations and it just came about the one day. I actually asked him to, to join me for a Facebook Live to talk about, I think there was something along the lines of nutrition. Because yeah. he, had, he had done some pretty big transformations. On it. And so he's like, yeah, let's do it. So he comes over and we're like, how are we going to do this? And he's like, let's just do a podcast. Amazing. <laughs> So we pulled out a whiteboard and we started brainstorming ideas and names and uh, thus the Primal Canadians were born. The name is brilliant. I just think it's so, so clever. So good. So Thomas, let's, um, let's get going. Tell me a little bit about what was like, because you're a health coach or a primal health coach. And we'll talk about yeah. what the primal diet, primal lifestyle is um, really clearly as we go on. But tell me a little bit about what life was like before you decided to become a personal trainer and health coach were you always into health or did you have your own transformation what was life like for you uh no it, it just slowly started with me over time um i'll give you a bit more background on i grew up um, farming and moving a lot and then when i came to uh the city i tried to get out of like uh, construction blue color stuff i worked the rigs and construction a lot and um I liked it, but I wanted to learn more. And then coming back into the city, going to school, I all the stuff that I've always had, you know, growing up in the garden and on the farm around animals and stuff, I didn't have the movement. So I started going to a gym and, and right away became very intrigued in what my body was able to do because somebody got me into a CrossFit workout. No way. Going to a gym and somebody said to me, he's like, hey, you want to try something different? He's like sure, and he's and he writes down the the Cindy workout. You know that Wait, one. I don't know what that is. What is that? Um, it's twenty minutes of three exercises. It's five squats, ten push-ups. No, five pull-ups, ten push-ups, and fifteen squats. You do as many as you can for twenty minutes. It's oh okay. Pretty, it's a pretty intense workout. The first few minutes are easy, and then it gets quite grueling. But I was young and I enjoyed it. I got addicted right away, basically. Right. And, and really got into CrossFit for a while. And then I improved my uh, athletic things like snowboarding, mountain biking quite a bit. And then I shifted more into sports-specific training and I kind of like left CrossFit. Um, but then I became a personal trainer. I got, I got really into it and I got approached about being a personal trainer and I decided to go for it. And that's, I guess, when my nutrition um, endeavor started because a lot of the people that came to me for training, they wanted to lose weight or get a six pack or something that was more aesthetic based. And I knew that that had a lot to do with nutrition. I knew it was mostly nutrition. Yeah. So hence I had to learn a little bit about food and how it works for the body. So it it started, you know, I think where everybody does, you know, with sugar and insulin and and it evolved for a few years and I, I I went down like you know paleo fasting intermittent fasting keto and I've, I've tried I've tried a lot of different things along the way and now I just kind of integrate a little bit with everything that I know right very cool that's very similar to my experience too you kind of go to 
personal training school, let's call it that for yeah. lack of a better word. And then when you get out, you realize, oh my gosh, this is a lot more about nutrition and I better start learning. And that personal mm-hmm. training kind of education is just the start of yeah. the journey. Um, I love that how it's, I always love how powerful it is. Like one simple thing, which was that guy asking you to join a CrossFit class mm-hmm. then changed the course really, like the trajectory of your life and where you were headed. That's so incredible. Yeah, it was just that one thing because, you know, I had been to a gym before. I was Googling stuff and I was making up these moves and I, I don't even know what I was doing to my body, what right. I was breaking a sweat <laughs> and making it hard. <laughs> so honest. I love it. Yeah. Tell me then, like, um, when did you discover, like you said, you went through a few changes with the paleo and keto and this and that. And um, yeah. we connected over the primal, primal lifestyle because we're both primal health coaches. Um, yeah why why did you go down specifically that way and also like for people that aren't quite sure what primal what the primal diet is just a bit about that okay well yeah let's get into that a little bit um how did you discover it first though because i find that really intriguing how did i discover it yes well i was i was trying to work out some stuff in my there was some stuff not working for me uh, as far as my uh, i was just injured a lot basically and I didn't know why. And there was, a, there was a personal trainer I was working with who told me about this, this Joe Rogan video. And oh. uh, I, I love Joe Rogan, but I don't listen to his podcast a lot. I've tried and I don't really get very far. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I guess I'll give it a try because the guy who told me about it was credible to me. He had a lot of reports. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And it was Mark Sisson. Oh, no so, way. I need to watch that episode. Oh, it's so good. I, it's, it's the only Joe Rogan podcast I've fully made it through and I've listened to it probably five or six times. Fantastic. And he said some stuff on there, like, and I had done a lot with nutrition at the time and I've eaten a lot of like healthy foods and stuff, but there was something in there that he said, I'm not exactly sure how the wording was, but basically he said, when you take out the offensive foods from your diet, um, his health had transformed. Mm. So I was like, hmm, maybe I'm missing that because I had eaten all these healthy things and healthy foods and fasting and whatever. I hadn't done keto or paleo at that point very much. But he said that there's certain things in that you that you keep eating all the time that feed these symptoms and these undesirable results that keep coming up in your body. So I I, I removed gluten and dairy from that podcast basically and the changes that I seen in my health and my training were significant, like stuff that I thought was a part of me, like emotional stuff, um, you know, getting like random, like seasonal, seasonal stuff coming up with me and depressive kind of states that would just come up for me that I could not connect the pieces to like why they were happening. Um, It just started going away. So that's when I really knew that I was onto something and I just started researching his work more. And I realized that alongside nutrition, he does primal endurance. He does like, cause he's, he's a, he's a coach for, he's been an athlete all his life and he's a coach. So he knows a lot about um, training as well. So I started researching his, um, his primal endurance stuff. Right. And I started adapting that into my training and that really transformed a lot of, a lot of my training and my, how I, how I perceived food as well. Right. I always thought that, you know, you work out hard and then you eat big meals. Yes. 
Well, I was a distance runner, so I was there too, carb loading, thinking I needed to do all that. Yeah, Tell, yeah. Let's just like, because you touched on the mental health aspect of it. Let's touch on that. Let's just go a little deeper into that because that's really so important because we talk a lot about, you know, exercising so that you can eat what you want and <laughs> that kind of stuff is that, I mean, that, that philosophy is still out there, the counting, ca- the counting calories, all of that because of the weight loss side of it. But this connection to mental health, was it, did he speak, did he speak about that on that podcast and was no. that something that you were hoping would work or was that just a connection that you made? No, not at all. That's just something that, that I wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar. I didn't even think there was a connection there. Right. He just, he just had dealt with uh, arthritis, uh, irritable bowel and uh, injuries and, and just burnout, a lot of burnout that he was right. dealing with. And me as an athlete, uh, I was doing a lot of Olympic lifting at the time, was dealing with that all the time. So it, it right away clicked something for me. It's like, hey, everybody's telling me that I'm supposed to be injured because I'm an athlete. That's yeah. so true. When I was running, we everyone would brag about their injuries. It was like this award. Like it was oh, it's, so, it's so terrible. And, you know, at the same time, I, I look at people. I don't know. I've always had this mentality to, to challenge stuff or ask, you know, ask questions at least. Mm-hmm. And and I know that there's a lot of athletes that will go the whole career without getting injured. So I'm wondering, like, what are these people doing differently? Right. And then when I discovered that, my body just it not only performed so much better, it just I just took so much more care of itself. Like the injuries, if there was anything, any injuries coming up, like I they just work themselves out. I don't have to um you know sit for hours on the foam roller or or call right. therapists i i'm able to access like my body's natural abilities through basically just training not not crushing my body all the time not like right. like um i don't yeah. the no pain no gain concept i That's guess right. let's touch on that a bit because that was um back in my running days like it was the same thing i remember because I ran a few marathons and I would, you know, you'd go out for like these three hour runs and yeah. this was before my personal training days and discovering mm-hmm. also the primal lifestyle. And I remember when I gave up running or just ran a lot less, how terrified I was about putting on the weight. And then I was incorporating the strength training and the interval training. And mm-hmm. what I discovered was that actually I ended up in the best shape of my life and looking a lot healthier and stronger than my running days for sure. My running days, I just look thin. (laughs) But um, let's talk about the lifestyle side of it because the primal, um, the primal diet or the primal way of living, there's also the lifestyle principles. So let's talk about the principles and then we'll delve back into the, what the diet specifically is as well. Yeah. So as do do you want to talk about like the, the the 10 laws of the primal blueprint more or, Let's talk about the laws. That's a great way to start. And then, and then we'll start, we'll go specifically into the diet for people that are interested in knowing exactly what it is. Well, there's just a lot of, um, there's just a lot of fancy words and fancy terms Mm -hmm. and just so many things out there uh, to follow, like, like macro balancing and calorie counting and all this like fancy scientific stuff that, um, I did and it, it was never effective and sometimes it's good to understand you know what macros are or and and stuff like that but as far as calorie counting 
I, I don't think that a lot of the methods that are being used for nutrition are very effective. Um, so the law number one is eat plants and animals. If we can think about something a little bit more basic, like as what's real food and what isn't real food, like what's food that was grown on a, on a plant, like fruits and vegetable, and what's food that's been like highly processed or, or genetically modified. And, and if we can stay away, put that stuff, stay away from that stuff a little bit more and leverage more food that we know for sure that is human food and foods that we know we've eaten for a long time, like plants and animals, our body just does so much better. Yeah, so simple. Yeah. And, and then with law number two, avoid poisonous things. That's, that's hard to, they're sometimes hard to identify in the modern world because right. we don't often see them, hear them or smell them, but they can be present. Um, and I mean, starting with food, there's a lot of foods that you may not consider poisonous, but they do have a toxic load with them when you ingest them. Right. So mainly foods that have been sprayed with pesticides, fungicides, stuff like that, you know. Um, and processed oil. foods. Sorry? Like, and also like processed foods and the fake foods. And like, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the biggest problem. Like they're, they're confused as foods. I don't even really that's want great. to consider them foods. Yeah. Um, but once it's been processed to a point like a hydrogenized oil, your body can't process that anymore and it either it, it either gets hung up it causes havoc it breaks down the cells you know processed sugars those are probably the two biggest toxic foods that we have right and then i mean that's that's really it's that simple when it comes to nutrition when it comes to basic nutrition i would say right the one thing i remember being surprised about the primal diet was and it actually made a, a big impact on me and it's it can be a little bit controversial out there is the um, avoiding beans and i would say limiting legumes what do you think okay. about that part of the diet um well so beans and legumes they're these are foods now that are easy to be that are easier uh, GMO'd. They're easier to modify and they're easy to to mess around with. They're right. easier for humans to mess around with. Um, also, they're foods that need to be uh, cooked and processed a lot longer. So if they're yeah. not um, if they're not cooked properly and processed in the right way, they're harder on the body to to process. Um, I, I have no problem with legumes, um, grains. As long as they're not, you know, wheat, wheat is pretty much damaged. The gluten-containing so ones, yes. yeah. Gluten, I pretty much always avoid. And anybody that has symptoms, it's a powerful thing to do. Yeah. Avoiding gluten. Um, but as far as, as far as just because it's a legume or just because it's a carb, I, I never... I never uh, pull it out or say that it's good or bad. There has, like, for me, there has to be a, a different reason for me to remove it. Yes. And even Mark Sisson talked a little bit about how a little bit of them here and there is okay, but it's really down to how you prepare yeah. them. And I remember as a child, like my mom would soak the beans overnight. She would like, she had this way of like washing them and yeah. scrubbing them. And then she also would then pressure cook them. And the thing is that's not the same as opening a tin of beans yeah yeah which is what i was doing i remember before kind of discovering this way of eating is that i would just 
that's how I'd make like three bean salad and that kind of thing from opening tins. And I know for a fact that it really had a negative impact on my, on my system. Yeah. When I avoided them, it made a huge, it made a big difference for me. Surprised by that. Yeah. Well, you know, there's actually one other thing that I want to add here before we move on from nutrition. Yeah. That's um, if you, when buying this kind of stuff, it's always important when you're buying anything that's packaged, it's always important to read the ingredients because um, you may be going to the shop and buying like some canned beans and say, Hey, they're cooked. They're, they're ready to go and they're labeled as beans. But if you read the ingredients, there's a bunch of other stuff in there and sometimes, and there's stuff, you know, if there's like salt in there, you know that that's a bad salt. It's not good for you. That's it's right. It's toxin for the body. If there's other stuff in there that you're not sure what it is, or especially if you can't pronounce it, then you want to avoid it. Yes. Like ascorbic acids, um, natural flavors, whatever that could mean, or, you know, all, all that kind of stuff that right. if you're not sure about it, polysorbates, sulfites, um, those, those things are toxic for the body. That's right. And our bodies, yeah, exactly. Our bodies just don't know what to do with it. And then they, and again, our bodies are supposed to be able to detox naturally, but when they, when they become overloaded because we're doing so much, that's when it becomes an issue. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about the other lifestyle factors. So that's more about the diet. Um, what I loved about and what really attracted me to becoming a primal health coach is the whole, the whole approach. Like, so Yes. Exercise portion of it, the lifestyle portion of it. Let's talk about, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the exercise side of things. How is it recommended that we move our bodies and exercise? Yeah, no, a hundred percent because, um, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, how you feel and how your body, um, takes on weight and lets go of weight has a lot to do with the chemical reactions and your Mm -hmm. hormones, basically how you feel. So it, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, what's, what he said with exercising, it's just starting with low level um, aerobic movement. So, you know, just moving your body, going for a walk is a great start. You know, if yeah. somebody is, has been chronically exercising, um, going for a one hour steady walk might be a challenge for, for them. That's right. Yeah. Or somebody that's also obviously very sedentary, starting out with a one hour walk, it could be challenging for them. So your body being able to do that, it kind of wakes up all the, the, the baseline energy uh, mechanisms in your body. Whereas if you're pushing yourself to the max, it's kind of the, it, it's the flight or fight mechanisms. It's, it's, it's the override on a lot of things that's, dis- that's more destructive. Um, your body doesn't repair as easily. You need more sleep. You need better nutrition to repair from, and, and they have their benefits as well. Right. But you need to make sure that you have the, the low-level aerobic movement first, like being able to do an easy jog or carrying something like a backpack for up a hill kind of thing before you really expand yourself. Right. And I just like it as a regular part of your day. Like for me, walking has become, it's kind of a, a non-negotiable for me. Every day I get out and walk for at least if I can do an hour, great. There's days, obviously life is busy. And so maybe that might look more like half an hour or 40 minutes, but yeah. I believe walking is really underestimated. And even as a, like a detox pathway, like it's so powerful for detoxing your body. And um, that's one thing that really, when I was, when I was looking at the, at the primal like lifestyle, I really loved that simple approach. Like a lot of it was just making 
a lot of sense to humans. Yeah. <laughs> and so I love that that was incorporated because I was not hearing walking as part of any other programs out there when I became a personal trainer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems, it's almost seems contradicting. It's like, you slow down to get better results. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and there's so, actually, there's, there's a big hang up for that with a lot of people. Like I've, I've, I've told a lot of people about this and there's, there's one of two, th two respond. There's two responses that I get. The first one is like, wow, it's so much easier and I have so much more energy Yeah. and, and I feel better. And the other one is like, Oh no, I can't do that. I, I, I just, it doesn't feel like I'm working when I have to slow yeah. down you know, to keep your heart rate yeah. under a certain rate. That one I understand just because of being such um, an aerobic athlete. I remember how mentally that was hard to think slowing down is actually going to help me. Yeah. So that's the first one is like the slow, um, low impact aerobic. And then yeah. what's another part of the exercise principles? Um, so, so you want to, with the exercise principle, you want to do, you want to lift heavy. You mm -hmm. want to move fast. You want to do the anaerobic stuff as well, yeah. but you want to keep it short and intense we um lucas and i did an episode actually on sprinting and sprinting is just a, a great example because it's the it's like at the pinnacle of anaerobic because you're moving your body as fast as you can as much as you can basically so an example of an effective sprint session would be um move like go all go on all out sprint whether you start fast or start gradual you want to go all out but the all out part doesn't really last for longer than, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 yeah. or 30 seconds, depending on what all out is. If it's, if depending on how healthy the individual is and if they're going at 80% or 90%. But when you expand your, your anaerobic energy, your ATP, um, that say burns off in about 10 seconds, if you're going all out, you want to basically expand that and then you do a full recovery. Yes where there's so many uh, drills and ideas and the way I used to go about training was, okay, I'm going to push myself for a whole minute or I'm going to push myself for 90 seconds or whatever, like go by a timer kind of thing. And then, okay, 30 second rest, I'll do it again. I, I take <laughs> the timer away from that too and allow your body to recover because when your body, if you do it without your body fully recovering, your sprint isn't going to be as, as fast or you're not going to be fully recovered. You're not going to get as much output for your body. Yes. So you're looking at something like a 15, 10, 15 second sprint with a good couple minutes. Yeah. Recovery, with a good, depending with a good, how long it takes you personally to recover. Yeah. I would say a good, uh, would be like, well, a minimum <laughs> of two minutes, probably two to four minutes. Yeah. Uh, don't wait too long after like six or eight minutes, you probably <laughs> start cooling down. That's right. But, but make sure that you're, you're fully recovered, like that you're breathing easily again, that you can breathe normally through the nose again. And then you go, you go for the next round kind of yeah. thing. I like and that we're talking about that because sprinting is something that a lot of people, one, misunderstand, like this interval training. One, yeah. they misunderstand and they, you know, I hear of interval classes that last like yeah. an hour, like Tabata classes for an hour. Like it's, you're probably not doing Tabata. You're just doing it for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Tabata. I don't know how people say it here. Yeah. Um, and so people either overdo it and are doing it in a way that it just isn't what it's supposed mm -hmm. to be, or they avoid it. Yeah. sprinting doesn't feel good. Like your, your lungs burn it feels hard like we're not really great at feeling and accepting yeah, yeah. discomfort 
So even though it's like 10, 15 seconds of a fallout sprint is, it feels long, like it can yeah. be intense, but that's what you want is that really short intensity. Of course. Yeah. And, and this is something that it's, it's just so primal because if you think about how we would have lived back then, um, if we ever did something very strenuous, it was short term, like maybe, maybe teaming up to lift up a post on a house or right. uh, running after an animal or, or escaping a treacherous situation. It, it wouldn't go on. It wouldn't go on for very long. It was usually a short burst to get you to over the hump, whatever. And then you, then we would relax. We wouldn't just keep right. pushing our body. Yeah, absolutely. So there's one more part to this equation that you can't, uh, that you have to apply and that is the rest part yeah. you want to make sure that you can't just have a you don't really want to just have like a busy week and then uh put put sprints in on wednesday or you know put them in before or after a workout i think they should be treated as as their own workout same as with you know you can apply the same principles with they'll be a little bit different but think about lifting heavy in the same kind of way right uh, warming yourself up well, going really heavy, and then recovering properly to try and get the max weight. Unless you have a, 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 a some type of a regimen that's programmed or detailed to achieve something specific, but it's just to maintain strength or improve your your body composition or your hormone function, and you want to lift really heavy to lift max weight, you would kind of think about it in the same kind of way. Yes. The, um, the incorporating lifting heavy was literally like transformational for myself for my own body and for that yeah. of my clients, but especially women. And I, I think for a couple reasons is many women are afraid to, or nervous to lift weights or yeah. they just haven't been exposed to it and not sure where to start with them. Yeah. But what I found was like the, a few things, the transformation in their body was incredible yeah. in terms of their shape. Um, but also like confidence through the roof. It's incredible how, yeah. how it impacts your confidence when you can, you just walk taller, you walk stronger, you, right. you know, it just changes your psyche. It's incredible. And I know um, that that one in particular made a big difference. So what do you say to clients that are like maybe nervous about the, the lifting heavy side of things? Yeah. Well, um, this is going to be a, uh, and to be a little bit more sciencey, I guess. Yeah, uh, go for it. Simple science. Uh, when you lift really heavy, you know, for like something that you can lift two to three, four or five times, um, your body is not actually going to put on mass. Your body puts on mass when you lift something many times. So when you lift something like 10 to 15 times, 10 to 12 times kind of thing, because then your body is like, oh, I have to do a lot of reps here. My muscle fibers are burning out. I, I'll have to build more fibers and that's how the growth starts. But if you're lifting something really heavy, but you're not lift, lifting it a lot, then your muscles just become really strong. You're, you're, you're building up like bone density and you're doing the, the things to make you more athletic. Whereas a good athlete isn't really going to have any extra muscle mass because that's more, unless, you know, it's football or, right. you know, some sport like that. But generally, uh, a healthy athlete is not going to have any extra muscle mass either because you have to eat more food to maintain it and you have to sleep more, work out more, and it's just a lot more energy that you need it for. So your body is pretty smart in that way. Right. 
you can be really strong without putting on a bunch of extra mass if you just keep lifting heavy but keep your reps low yeah i love that and you know for anyone that's listening and they're like haven't incorporated strength training into their weekly routine i just want to say like it's one it's nothing to be nervous about but you do want to do it correctly and yeah. and kind of um you don't want to just all of a sudden pick up something too heavy for you if you've never done it. So you just want to get, you know, it's a good idea to get a personal trainer or someone that really knows what they're doing and learn those skills. It's, it's not difficult to learn, but it's yeah. worth investing in a couple of sessions just to learn proper technique and keep safe while doing it. But it's, it's incredible. It's so powerful. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, it, it's definitely good to, especially if it's new to you because you can, you can really get bad habits that, will one plateau you or two even right. even worse so it's yeah. definitely uh, good to seek some professional help you know to some degree when getting started on something like that yeah brilliant so i love that so we've got move slowly uh lift heavy sprint so that's really like a good way to kind of look at your week and yeah. incorporate those into your into your week and then let's move on to the lifestyle side of things because you're talking a lot about rest which is one of the principles yeah Talk to us about that because I, I believe that's a, that's a challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge oh, for a lot of people. Absolutely. I, I honestly think um, uh, there's one of the questions that you had sent me on like a, a mistake that, uh, that people make. And I was thinking about that and like, what is a yeah. mistake? Or, and really, I think, I think that's it right there. Like not resting enough, not slowing down enough, mm -hmm. uh, not, not, because when your body is in the right type of state, it can, it can overcome most things, you know, from bad exercise to bad nutrition to, right. to, to bad lifestyles. If only you're able to relax and go into that rest and digest mode where your body like repairs and heals itself. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think, I the best part, and especially today in this busy world, like there's so many things to do all the time. And the busier we get, the less times it seems that we have to meditate or rest or, or, or nap or whatnot. I think that's when it becomes the most important. Yeah. And what about the guilt around napping? I, I remember when I was going through the mold toxicity, I had to nap in the day. I just wasn't functioning. And the guilt that I would feel like, oh my gosh, I just right? wasted, just wasted that time. Like yeah. terrible attitude. But that's exactly how I felt. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I think it's one of those, um, one of those, maybe like a modern day myth, I could call it that yeah. we pick up like, like, there's a lot of people that brag about like, they don't have to nap during the day. But they don't have energy, they need to drink a lot of coffee, and they're always going to sugar fixes. And right. you know, to brag about not having to nap, that's not really very uh, empowering or you know powerful for it. right and just because someone's able to maybe even look like they're healthy and have the energy despite you know having habits that aren't serving them yeah they're okay right now but mm -hmm. it it catches up with people at different rates so maybe you know it might be a year down the road before they start to kind yeah. of feel the effects of it so it's not necessarily yeah. that they're getting away with anything that's exactly it. Like a lot of the things that are considered toxic, they're not going to kill us, but they just build up over time. And then when all of a sudden they surface or present themselves and we don't know what it is and right. we call it old age. <laughs> That's right. Them. Use age as an excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is never an excuse. Right. So we've talked about like the exercise, the nutrition, the rest, 
Um, a couple other principles are with sunlight. Do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, sun, sunlight, we could really go on for a long time. Over. <laughs> um, there's just so many, there's just so many powerful benefits to sunlight. And there's so many uh, also misinterpretations or people like blocking out or getting away from the sun for, for the wrong types of reasons or, you know, subscribing to bad information, basically. Mm -hmm. um, sun is just so powerful in many ways. Like, I think even just like sunglasses, for example, or, or even regular glasses. Um, it's really a common thing to wear sunglasses these days. I've noticed yeah. recently. Um, I, I don't, I try not ever to wear sunglasses. I wear them once in a while in the wintertime when I have to. And a lot of people have to wear sunglasses. They have to wear them as safety glasses. Right. They, they, the they driving or, yeah. Yeah, driving. And a lot of people have to wear, uh, actual glasses for for their vision well all those lenses they filter out the raw sunlight that your body isn't getting now so i think it's powerful to be able to you know every day at least for even if it's for starting with 15 minutes to go outside into uh into the sunlight even even if it's cloudy out go into the daylight and let that raw unfiltered light into your eyes it does it does loads for your circadian rhythm and improving your sleep quality yeah, it's interesting you say that because that was one of the things that i started doing was actually um taking my contact lenses out luckily i can my my eye my vision's not that yeah that bad so that i can still you know see where i'm going and, and safely yeah. and so i started to go for walks and take out my contact lenses because that's one we don't often think about and it just right. dawned on me one day my eyes are not getting the natural yeah. light that they need yeah Tone, and did you notice a difference well my sleep quality for sure has been so much better for a few reasons wow. like one yeah. i knew that when i got sick that sleep was going to be my best healer and yeah. so I got really um, guarded around my sleep time, like mm -hmm. 9.30, 10 o'clock, I was in bed and, and nothing would stop me. I also got like the blue light blocking glasses because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm going to be on my laptop in Canada past 4 p.m. in the winter and that's when it gets right. dark here. So I did that and then I started the walks without the contact lenses. So I think it was, you know, a, a combination of many things just as, you know, health and and sickness is all a combination of these small steps. So which yeah. one, I don't know, it makes the biggest impact, but I think all of them together really make the impact. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things that I've, um, anybody that I, co well, most, most people that I work with, I, I coach and they're sleeping. And I think it's, it's single-handedly probably the most powerful thing that for somebody that, you know, especially that sits at a computer or a desk job kind of thing all day, having them go outside for like 20 minutes for morning sun, it, it does so much for, uh, for your sleep quality and enhancing the circadian rhythm. Yeah, I love this. This is why really um, the value that you're giving your clients as a primal health coach is incredible because most people that come to a personal trainer or even a coach, I would say, are looking for exercise and nutrition. Yeah. And now you're talking to them about sleep and, and stress and sunlight and like it's just so um it's so much value for them and will will you're basically educating them for a lifetime which is incredible well what, and you know what too like sorry go ahead no i was just going to ask you like what impact have you seen on that of your clients and what is kind of their feedback as well when you're kind of going beyond what they expected 
Well, the first is always like, really, that can make a difference. Like even even when it's cloudy out, or even if I have to wear sunglasses, it's all because it's so it's so small, right? You wouldn't think about that, and you never hear of it because there's no industry behind this, right? So you're not going yeah. to go on, you're not going to go and find like companies uh, uh, spending thousands of dollars on this research <laughs> to discover this. So, so this is another reason why I think it's so powerful. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, like the, the different types, like a big thing too is also like hunger. Like when you have those the circadian rhythm working better, your hormones are working better, you have better, better chemical reactions going on in your body and your brain, like you're, you're, you don't crave as much sugar, basically. You're not going to have as many hunger, hunger things. Yeah, that's a hard one for people to believe like that there will be a time where I don't feel hungry at all, all the time, or there will be a time where I don't have cravings, but that's the beauty of this. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah tell me, I, I wanted to ask you, what do you feel people struggle with the most? I know we, you touched a bit on the rest, but is there anything else that you find your clients specifically struggle with the most when they come to you? Um, I mean, the first first thing that pops to my head is you know bad beliefs or bad information that you know they 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 they've heard somewhere. Oh, yeah, like, let's oh, talk about those. this now. Yeah, let's so, talk about those like the myths out there that people take as truth. Yeah, yeah. There's there's just so many of those. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. <laughs> well, let's take the top three. Why don't we do that? Um. Well, I think one of the top ones that's just it's just just interpreted wrong is like the whole sugar thing when it comes to food like people see sugar as a bad thing mm-hmm. but it's not sugar in itself it's just really it's a carbohydrate so you can't consider carbohydrate a bad thing because you know eating a whole tub of strawberries is going to be a lot of sugar but it's not going to be as bad as eating a tiny little teaspoon of white sugar right as an example, so we we kind of explain to us why. No Sorry, I mean, explain to us why. Why would it not be the same if there's the same amount of sugar in them? Why why is it different? Well, it's uh, the the processed sugar, the cane sugar, the basically um, the added sugar, the white sugar, the raw sugar, brown sugar that's raw, or the added sugar into foods. It's, oh, the it's brown sugar is healthier? Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's not healthy. It's teasing. <laughs> and anything that you can do that's, that's better is better for you, but you, you really want to eat healthy. If you're gonna, yeah. like, food is like the one thing that you need to invest in yourself in because as we said, like, stuff builds up in the body and then mm-hmm. you're really taking care of your long-term health. So the food that's in, or the fr- the sugar that's in fruit, for example, now it's it's bioavailable and ready for your body to use. And if your body has more of it, it'll just use more. You'll just have more energy. Your liver will start working better. Your kidneys will start working better. And that's just the glucose. Right. That's not talking about all the other stuff that comes in in raw fruits, like like live like living water to you know to vitalize your blood and all the antioxidants and the, uh, the minerals and all the nutrients that are in there for, you know, for building blocks and for detoxing and whatnot. Right. I've always, I remember early days writing an article called fruit is not the devil because I'm not, I'm not anti-fruit, but you did talk keto and 
what do you think about um people just cutting out fruit altogether do you limit it or what are your thoughts around that um i i don't think you limit. I, I would never limit it um mm -hmm. unless if, now if you're doing keto for a healthy reason um in the right way then maybe reduce reduce your fruit so you get less insulin and create more um create more of a, a keto effect like for your body to make more ketosis um if that's what you want to do i but as far as like healing your body or overcoming health conditions um there's going to be nothing more powerful than uh, fruit and then the healthy nutrients in it and to be honest like unless you're packing a smoothie full of like tropical fruits and things like that we don't tend to overeat a whole fruit i mean i've never sat and ate like three or four apples or four or five bananas like I, i'll have one and i'm kind of done that's um, exactly it it's, it's hard to do you know if you've eaten two or three bananas your body or your tongue or you know something will tell you like yeah. okay that's enough i don't whereas right. you start on a bag of chips you can Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you don't, if you know, if you're watching a movie or something or doing something alongside it. Okay. So that's number one is the, the idea around sugar. What's another kind of myth that people come to you or a belief that they come to you with? Well, I think the other big one is um, the one that we talked about with exercise and the no pain, no gain that you have to push harder. You have to, you have to uh, go to the gym and you have to like really push yourself just to be able to, uh, to get stronger or get into better shape or not put on weight or any of those. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But let's talk about that a little bit. Cause we do, you do have to push yourself. It doesn't mean like you're doing 10 really easy or five really easy squats. Like, yes, in the repetitions, you need to feel that resistance and you need to feel like that hard work. What we're saying is that you're not, needing to smash yourself for yeah. an hour oh, doing those yeah yeah that's a good point and and thank you for making that correction because i think it comes across like that too much but yeah i mean you do you you do want to challenge your body once in a while mm -hmm. but again it's it's when you're feeling good and when you're getting proper rest after and it's not it doesn't go on for hours at a time that's right brilliant okay that was number two give me one more uh one more um, would you say it's the rest and the sleep? Oh yeah. Well, yes, there's a lot of sleeping myths for sure. <laughs> like eight <laughs> hours is enough or you know, <laughs> 10 hours just doesn't cut it for me. Um, it, sleep is all about the quality of sleep that you're getting. Right. Um, and it also has to do with your lifestyle factors for somebody that's, you know, my transformation before I uh, found the primal blueprint and, uh, really improved my diet. I needed so much more sleep. You know, right. I, I, I probably needed those eight, nine hours a day to feel fully refreshed and, uh, and, and energized, but I don't now because I don't break my body down as much with, with exercise, with over-exercising and I don't break my body down as much by putting bad food into it. So I don't need all that recovery slash healing time. Right. Your body does best when you're sleeping. Right. So, and yeah, you go ahead. I was going to say, so, I mean, small, like if you're not getting as much sleep, um, that's fine. Like if you're, if you're only getting five hours of sleep a night and you feel great, you feel energized, that's fine. And also if you're laying in bed and you can't fall asleep, 
or you're sitting down for an afternoon nap and you can't fall asleep, that's also fine because your body is actually still recharging. Right. You're not getting that deep sleep. Uh, you're not getting the full effects of what you would get in, in, in a dream state, sleeping in bed, but your body is still recharging and that's, that's still... Such a good point. And you're also training your body like in time that that will get easier and you will be able to sleep. I know when I, um, when I had the mold, like I would nap, I would sleep like nine or 10 hours and I'd still feel tired. And, but that didn't last forever. Like as you know, I removed myself from that situation and started, you know, doing all the things that I needed to do to heal. Then my naps actually, like I, I rarely nap now. Now, if I feel like I need to nap, I will, but it's, it's pretty rare that I feel the yeah. need to. And I sleep, I'd say for me, like eight hours has always been like a good, a good number for me. Yeah. But when I was not well, like it was like nine, nine and a half, mm-hmm. 10, whenever I could kind of fit it in. Like I just, yeah. my body needed more. So it, it also will change over time. And that's probably a good indication of how you're feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's no magic number when it, when it comes to yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so tell me what, we're talking about what people struggled with. What about people who say, um, how do I actually, you know what, let's do this first, then I'll ask you that question. What would you say are the three things? Cause we're kind of, well, it doesn't feel all over the place to me because I, you know, we know this stuff kind of like inside and out, but what would you say are three things that people can do? Like, they're like, okay, you guys are kind of all over the place with the sleep and this and that, but where do I start? Like, what are three things I can do to start feeling good. Yeah, okay. Um, well, the first, I actually wrote down three quick ones here. So the first one is hydration. Uh, we've, mm-hmm. came, we've came back to nutrition so many times because it really is yeah. that important. Uh, but in order for, your, for anything to work properly, including your, the way you uptake foods, your hydration needs to be on par or needs to improve at least uh, from, from where you're currently at. Because if your body's well hydrated, it's another one of those things like sleep. It can pretty much process anything, including toxins and stuff. So a few tips for getting hydration right is uh, drinking warm water, which we already talked mm-hmm. talk about that previously. Yeah. So that's a huge one, drinking warm water, drinking it regularly, and then having some type of a practice with your water, like not just buying bottled water or filling it up at the tap. Um, that's basically the lower end of the water spectrum. Yeah. Uh, what I do is I buy filtered water and I put it in a glass jar and I set it into the sun, like underneath the window in the sun. Oh. And the sun yeah, the sun brings it to life and it lifts out the toxins or anything like there's so many different types of practices um, that are out there, you know, in Chinese medicine and in, in Taoist practice that you can do to put a charge on water or just something that you can do to, to have a better, um, a better practice with your water right. is going to make a big difference on hydration. Right. So drink and, it kind of like, like at least at room temperature, would you say? Yes. Yeah. Don't, I don't we talked about the warm water before we started recording. <laughs> it was before, oh, it was before recording. I yeah, was. So I, like, I usually have mine at least at room temperature. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Don't, don't drink, don't drink cold water. <laughs> I'm, if I'm at the restaurant, they always bring ice in the water. I always ask for no ice. And I usually actually ask for a glass of warm water and I mix it so it's not cold. Yeah, it's terrible for your digestion to drink cold. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. Yeah. 
Now, it's one of the things that I learned from my naturopath, so it's from Chinese, traditional Chinese yeah. medicine, and man, it made a huge difference in, in my uh, energy when I started doing that. Yeah, fantastic. But there's one thing I want to add with hydration, and that's Expert. once you have the water, it's also the electrolytes. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, when your body's dehydrated, it's not just lacking water, it's also lacking electrolytes and certain minerals. So it's very important. Uh, the most effective way to get that uh, up again is with fruits. Right. What's so, another way, like, um, people can get their electrolytes up? This has been something that I've actually been focusing on a lot in the last little while because I realized I was feeling thirsty all the time despite drinking a lot of water. And I was like, what is going on? And then I realized I'm likely not absorbing my water. So adding electrolytes made a big difference. What do you recommend um, if someone, you know, if they're just not eating enough fruit or whatever, is there something they can do every time they drink their water or what would you recommend? Or is something as easy as like lemon in the water? Yeah, squeezing a lemon water is powerful. Um, I, th- I think everybody can eat fruit. There are certain fruits that they don't like, but there's another fruit that kind of does the yeah. same thing. So I think, I think just mixing two shapes or, or two textures is probably a better one. So something like uh, a banana and an orange or a date and uh, grapefruit kind of thing. So something that's like watery and something that's like, you know, the starchy stuff will, have, will be more rich in potassium. Right. That way you're getting a wider balance of, of uh, the nutrients. And then if you um, have access to or know how to uh, open a coconut, you can buy those <laughs> at most grocery stores. Yes. A lot of them, I know a lot of them up here are not that great anymore, but if you can pick a good coconut, that's probably the, that is the best way that you can rehydrate is with coconut. Yeah, the coconut water. Yeah, and just read your labels because the different ones have you know, like anything, marketing ruins everything. So a lot of the coconut waters on the market now aren't amazing. But if you read your labels carefully, there's still good, good brands out there doing good work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you do buy it bottled up, then you want to check the ingredients to see that there's just coconut water. in there. Love to sneak stuff in there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's probably really all like, you know, even just putting like you said, squeezing a lemon or a lime in there, or even putting like, a mint leaf or a basil leaf, anything like that, a chunk of fruit like watermelon, adding that into your water, it, it gives it more flavor, it gives it more life, and it's a lot easier to drink. That's right. I, I do add a little bit of sea salt to mine. Um, not really even enough to taste it, but I found that's yeah. helped as well. We're so afraid of salt these days. Uh, yeah, no, salt is... The processed foods, you're not having... No, I 100% agree. It's... it's uh, probably the most important it i think it is the most important mineral that you have to that you have to get you know you have to eat yeah absolutely so it, yeah it absolutely is important um so one thing i know i mean i this is probably the question i've gotten from day 1 of 12 years ago starting yeah. of becoming a trainer to even today is how how do you become motivated how do you increase someone's motivation like people often come to you as a trainer because they say you're going to motivate them, but all you're doing is really providing accountability because if you go away, their motivation goes down. So they haven't really been motivated in a sense. What, what, um, how do you help people with that? Motivating. That's, that's that's really all that motivation is, you know, push, go a little fat. That's all. So what people really want is actually inspiration. They want that, want that drive from within to keep doing something or to start something 
And I think that all has to do with the reason for doing it. So um, attaching a really powerful end goal to it. Like, for example, if we're going to the gym because we want to lose weight or because our doctor says we have to be on a treadmill that many minutes a day or whatever, those are those are all not very empowering reasons to go. Yeah. But if we can, if we can find a powerful reason that comes from us that that we want that we want to achieve then we're just going to be so much more uh, inspired and motivated to go after it and and take the steps necessary to achieve it right and make it long term i mean i guess it's why typically like brides will will get motivated yeah lose the weight feel amazing and then after the wedding they kind of let go of those habits because it wasn't really actually a strong enough reason to make it long term but it's kind of a glimpse as to that feeling you want to get and keep yeah yeah i yeah, know that's actually such a great example <laughs> somebody getting ready for a wedding they're always motivated to go above and beyond yeah guys but, too right it's not just the girls like guys yeah. too. um so i don't know was that helpful is that this has all been helpful like i've just there's something about like when we have these discussions and talk about health and and really break it down to these simple principles yeah. that just it gets me like excited as well and, yeah. and has me to even reflect on like oh where can I now yeah. kind of where have I let things slip because it's not about being perfect mm -hmm. right it's about doing our best and doing as many good steps as we can daily and understanding that it's it really is the compound effect it's the small steps over time that will make it, it is, yeah yeah because it's it's definitely I feel something that a lot I, I know I struggle with it too a lot like getting motivated it's something that I think everybody puts up but I think to some degree you have to push yourself to do something that you don't really want to do. Like, like getting out of bed in the morning or mm -hmm. like, like drinking a celery juice or whatever it might be. There's, you know, there, there's just something that we have to tell ourselves that we're doing it because we want to achieve something. Okay. I mean, if it's something as big as, you know, going to a gym or signing up for, for a big event, that's a little bit, might be a little bit harder but if it's something smaller like doing the small things every day making ourselves do the little things that we need to do like squeezing a lemon into our water or drinking a large glass upon awakening i think all that is giving power towards uh having more motivation and, and achieving the bigger goals right and you know trusting in a process one thing i i love doing for clients and i never I never like weigh my clients. Sometimes we'll do an odd measurement here and there just because yeah. they kind of want it. But one thing that's powerful is photos. And I've always taken before and after photos for them. I've, I've never been one to really like publish them anywhere. But I find that even for ourselves, like we don't see these small changes over time. So if I look back after six weeks of implementing like these simple good habits yep. and I look back and I see the difference, then like, yeah. that's really motivating. And I love that because you're using yourself as a motivation and not, you know, a, a magazine image or an image of someone else, right? But you do, yeah. you notice yourself, you're like, oh, there's like a little line there that wasn't there. Or like, you know, like I can tell that yeah. whatever, like your shape is changing, like that your totally. face looks brighter, like whatever, whatever it is. But Yeah, yeah, you're so right about that. Like how many people are saying like, no, I'm not taking a before photo. I don't want to pose and look at myself. <laughs> And then you always, if they don't do it, I always hear it a few weeks down the line. Shoot, I wish I would have taken that before photo right. because I look so different. Yeah, you don't, you don't see it. It's like, you know, you have a little, a little one now at home and like, you don't really see him growing from one day to the next, but 
wow, does he actually grow really fast? Yeah, yeah. yeah look at photos, up. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Thomas, you know, for lack of a, you know, we weren't going to talk a whole lot about the times that we're in. I'm calling it the Sharona time right now instead of Corona. Because, you know, we got to, if we, you know, a little humor helps during these times. And the fact is that people globally are like in uncertain times, spending so much time at home, a lot more time seated, sitting down, worried, stressed. Um, What are some tips that you would, for when people are like ready, you know, to kind of accept where we're at? What are your top tips for helping people specifically right now with their health? Yeah. Um. Well, specifically to this situation, yeah. I think my number one tip is um, detox yourself from it. Like it's important to keep up, especially for most people, it's important to keep up with what's going on out there. But you also need that detox time where you're not thinking about how bad it is or how it could affect you or, or what, what's actually going on. You need, you need that detox time where you're Brilliant. doing something you enjoy, going for a walk or, or having a conversation with with your family or your, your spouse whatever about something other than than COVID-19 yeah that's I a think. that's a great tip I know and you know what and to give yourself grace because last week when this had all hit really it just felt like it hit really suddenly um yeah. even though it hadn't but it kind of hits each person's reality yeah, and yeah. um and I know like those first few days I was online 24 7 and reading and looking and some of it was learning some of it was just kind of being in a trance and a daze and not not understanding it and um so giving yourself grace that that does happen but then like you said you listen to a podcast you listen to something and someone snaps you out of it and so luckily I had that like my husband was like okay enough and I was like yeah you're totally right like this is not good for my psyche and so a couple days later now you know, there's like, I watch Trudeau in the morning to see kind of what the update is. And then I'll watch, um, oh, Dr. Henry. I mean, she's amazing. She's our, our BC health minister and such a calm, these Canadian reporters have been phenomenal, just very calm, Mm -hmm. not sensationalizing anything really. I've, I've been really impressed with how the Canadian news has been reporting this. It's been nice. Yeah. So I only watch the Canadian news. So I watch those two reports and then that's it. Then I'm off like no more. And that's helped a lot. Yeah, I, I think we're actually very fortunate uh, here in Canada because of a number of things like that. Yeah. yeah the calmness of the news has really helped a lot yeah. uh, with, you know, they're calm, but still with care. Like Dr. Henry talks about, yes, there are deaths and, and you can tell that it's, it's impacting her but she's not sensationalizing it in any way, which is really good for keeping the public calm and and yet being realistic. Um, So that's number one. I love that tip. Like that's huge for right now for, and that is part of health. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because ultimately at the end of the day, it's just still about your immune system and your your mental health. So they'll kind of, they'll kind of go hand in hand, all these tips. They do. Yeah. Um, What's your next one? uh, For number two, well, I'll go back to hydration again. Yeah. Uh, fruits, fruit, raw fruits and vegetables, uh, quality water, coconut water, mineral water here and again, and uh, drinking warm, like warm herbal teas, um, adding honey to them is added nutrients. Um, anything that you can do to, uh, for your body to hydrate more or better is going to help you tremendously with your immune system and your mental health and how you perceive everything that's happening 
Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what? It's funny you say this one because that was the first thing I noticed was that my water intake went way down because I was at home. Whereas like when I'm out, I usually have like a glass water bottle in my hand and I'm sit, I'm kind of more conscious about it at home because it's always there. It don't, yeah. wasn't really making a huge effort mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and, but now like the herbal teas and all that kind of stuff helps to keep it yeah, up. Yeah. It kind of feels like a, a warm hug in a mug. <laughs> yeah, totally. Great tip. I love um, that one. And the last one, I'm just going to say, get outside. So uh, they haven't taken that away. I don't think yeah. that they will. I don't think they will either. Yeah, get outside, go into a park, go into wherever you can, where there's nature, flowing water, anything that's uh, at, you know natural or elemental is going to be powerful. Um, if you can, in fact, I encourage you to just do this, leave your phone at home, or yeah. if you use it for pictures, just turn it on airplane mode and just disconnect for those, whatever it is, 30 minutes, one hour, whatever you do that for, um, disconnect you know, from the internet and the, the, all those frequencies and just right. be present in nature. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, a couple of things with that is I, I had one day where I didn't go outside. Whoa. Yeah. Was that like the difference I noticed in just like my anxiousness, my mental health, the feel like that cabin feeling like mm. it was awful. And so I promised myself that was it. And so now I actually put a time to it where I need to be out before three o'clock Yeah, that I'm getting like that, you know, the good part of the sun still. And, um, it just gives me like that schedule of like forcing myself out. And I always feel incredible for doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing is like, when I look out at nature, I, it makes me smile. Like I just think of how happy it must be right now. Like humans are just chilling out, like and leaving nature alone for the most part so amazing the planet's like the planet's like yes yeah. <laughs> there's so many there's so many blessings to uh, to this all happening yeah i love those um those three tips are awesome so basically shut off from the from the the news and just the, listen to the necessary stuff so that you're kind of up to date but don't yeah. go forward um hydrate stay well hydrated because that will give you energy it also keep your metabolism going and mm-hmm. then number three is get out in nature and get that sunshine yeah love that that's awesome awesome i think those three can uh catapult your health uh, pretty far not just not just in times like today i think yeah yeah 100 i totally agree with that um thomas we're nearing the end like crazy we we could probably talk for another hour pretty easily but um tell me let's before we before i ask you the final questions that i always ask everyone tell me how people can get a hold of you because you're a phenomenal coach and anyone to coach with you is really lucky. You coach people online. So maybe also with how people can get in touch with you, let us know, like, what does that look like for people that, you know, people are looking at online coaching now and they're kind of nervous because they don't know, like, is it just as effective? What does that look like? What do I need? That kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is education and getting the fundamentals right. Um, so a lot of it can be done virtually very easily. Um, I do, I do a lot of stuff, you know, online, uh, zoom or FaceTime kind of stuff. Um, people can reach out to me. I'm on all the platform. Well, most of them I'm on Instagram. My company name is inclined performance. Perfect. I'll put it in the show notes too. Okay, great. Spell it out the right way. (laughs) It's, uh, it's spelled with my name in it. Uh, so there's inclined performance on Instagram and Facebook as well. And then my website, inclineperformance.ca. Perfect. 
awesome. those are those are the best places to uh, reach out to me and uh, keep up to uh, what I'm doing. Yeah, and I guess if anyone's nervous, like they're thinking, they you know, this is the time to get a, a coach, and and because you're a personal trainer as well, it's, it's such a you know, you're such a wealth of knowledge. Like they can always just reach out and just have a chat with you and see if it's going to be a good fit for them and if this online kind of yeah. way of doing things. Yeah, hundred percent. If it's somebody new, I always do a discovery call. I I don't work with someone unless we both know for sure that we're fit to work together. Amazing. When someone graduates with me, I want them to succeed. So I, I want to ensure that before before we start. Oh, I love that. That's so great. Okay, let's get on to the last two questions that I ask everyone because I love these hey. questions. Is number one is what is something that you have heard or read that changed everything for you? There's probably a few, but what's one? Well, um, I think we actually kind of already touched on that. But did, yeah. one thing that really changed everything for me was uh, was eating fruit again. Fruit is not the enemy. Because I, I didn't eat fruit for about, you know, probably five years, Rosa, where I didn't even eat the banana because there was too much wow. sugar in it. So where did you hear that to start doing that? Uh, medical medium. And oh, okay. Yeah. So, and I was pretty much like keto. I was doing, uh, I wasn't keto, but I was doing keto diet at the time. I was high fat, you know, really healthy fats. I had all the like bad foods out, gluten, dairy, processed sugars, canola oil, all that was out of my diet. But when I brought food into my diet, boy, did my blood work ever change significantly in a very short time. And my energy and my sleep just changed. Incredible. And I think it's what you were saying, a lot to do with electrolytes as well. That's powerful. Yeah. Oh, and best of all, best of all, I didn't have to tell my clients anymore, don't eat fruit, too <laughs> much sugar. Fantastic. Okay, Thomas, last one. What does living life by design mean to you? Mm, that's a good one. I think living life by design means to me to do something that you love and do something that you enjoy doing and something that you're good at. So being in, in your element and being, and just fulfilling your purpose. Awesome. Love that response. I love seeing the different responses that people have to those questions. Those are, those are some juicy questions to finish up. I love it. <laughs> you know what? This um, episode was just so powerful. Like I just want to thank you for your time. Um, and also just like for that knowledge, I just, I love how, um, much you really care about people, the impact that you've made on people's lives and really the simplicity of it and going back to basics and trusting that simplicity truly works. So thank you. Thank you so much for that and for your time. Yeah, it's, it's been an honor to be on here and thank you for having me. Cool. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Take care. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new, if you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.